I never set out to pose nude. I didn't, honestly. But when the opportunity arose, I took it. I sat with the other artists that morning in Monsieur Tondreau's tiny atelier in the French village of Trouville, waiting for Bernadette, our usual model, to arrive. Some tinkered with their charcoals and pencils, others adjusted their easels. A few of the artists stared at the stage as if the model would magically appear if they looked hard enough. Monsieur bustled around in his canvas smock, moving the model's chair into the light, plumping the bolsters. The studio smelled of turpentine, linseed oil, and charcoal, and there was no sweeter perfume in the world to me than that. Etienne, one of the other artists, yawned, leaned back in his chair, and closed his eyes. Hungover, old fellow, his friend Bertram whispered. Is fair Bernadette in the same state? Etienne grunted a warning but did not open his eyes. Poor Etienne, I whispered. He looks unwell, Bertram. Let him be. Bertram reached for his pencil, sharpened it with his knife, and began to sketch a cartoon of Etienne. It's hard to feel sorry for a chap who has inflicted illness upon himself and caused the malaise of our model once again. He added devil's horns to the line drawing and then nudged Etienne's boot with his own. Etienne cracked open one bloodshot eye and then closed it. He lacks the artist's discipline but possesses all of his foibles. We all have our faults, Bertie. I knew I shouldn't side with Etienne. He was a rapscallion. But I also knew him to be a talented artist, and this, in my eyes, meant he'd earned the right to roguish behaviour every now and then. If he had half your discipline, my dear Vicky, he would be lucky, Bertram said. I smiled and began my own sketch of Etienne, this one with angel's wings. Bertram saw what I was doing, grinned and shook his head. I had made Bertram's and Etienne's acquaintance last autumn when I was drawing my dearest friend Lily in the village square. They plonked themselves down at our table as though we knew them and watched me as I worked. I was about to tell them to keep to themselves when Bertram blurted out, You're very good. But then he spoilt it by adding, For a girl. After I found out they were students of a local artist, Marcel Tondreau, and studied with him at his atelier, I wouldn't let them leave until they told me about him. I was self-taught apart from a few watercolour classes at finishing school, and I had always longed to attend an atelier like that, but my parents did not approve of such a thing. I begged Bertram and Etienne to introduce me to the artist. To my delight, I found that Monsieur was a rare person in the world of art. He didn't care if the artist was male or female. He let the work speak. All of the other artists at the atelier were male, and none of them gave me a thought, apart from the occasional curious glance. I did not blame them. Most females drew things that did not matter. But the other artists were wrong about me. I didn't fill my head with airy nothings or paint watercolours of kittens and flowers meant only for decoration. I wanted so much more. When I was ten years old, I laid eyes for the first time on a painting called A Mermaid, 
which hung in the Royal Academy in London. The mermaid's eyes seemed to call to me, telling me that creating someone like her was within my grasp. And like her maker, J.W. Waterhouse, I wanted to be considered among the best artists in the world. I wanted critics to laud my work. But most of all, I wanted to express myself through my art as I fancied, and not be told what or whom I could draw or paint. For all of these dreams, I needed knowledge and connections with other artists who could introduce me to the mysterious society that made up the art world.